Hey, RV Renovation Nation. Welcome to the New Look RV Renovation Podcast. It's a podcast now. Woo. Do you have questions about RV renovation? Well, we're sitting down with a variety of renovators who are in the know. Think of it as a bunch of friends sitting around the campfire sharing renovation stories. This is a New Look RV Renovation Podcast, where we'll discuss all things that'll help you give that RV a new look. Find episodes in all your favorite places for podcasts and on YouTube. Hey guys, I'm April Look. And I'm Derek Look. And if you haven't listened to episode number one, we recommend that you hop on over there, find out more about us and why we're doing this. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button, whether you're listening on your favorite podcast app or watching on YouTube, we'd really appreciate it. On this episode, we had the pleasure of speaking with one of our favorite Instagram RV renovators, Rachel from RV Family Reno. Rachel has a lot of experience painting, so we deep dive on her methods of prepping and painting in an RV. She explains dry rolling, among other painting techniques, which we found super helpful. And she also makes sure that we understand what grid of sandpaper is meant for what job. We even find out how much furniture she can haul in a Mustang convertible. It's a lot. (laughs) All kidding aside, Rachel has a great story, including how she rolled winning an HGTV show into furthering her business. So let's get into our conversation with Rachel of RV Family Reno. Well, we're here drinking coffee with Rachel of RV Family Reno. Welcome, Rachel. Hi, guys. Good morning. So nice to see you. So nice to see you. I know in person, well, not necessarily in person, but not not through Instagram. Face to face, talking to each other, not through stories. Well, thought you've been such an inspiration to us and so many others. So this is such a great opportunity just to, to get to pick your brain and hear your story a little bit. And we're, we're excited to share that with others. So oh, sweet. Thank you. Yeah, For sure. We love that you empower others to do this on their own. Where do you think that love for teaching comes? It's so funny. So I'll tell you a little bit of my backstory, but my page when I started was not meant to be like a tutorial teaching page. And then I'm just such an ingrained teacher that I just started <laughs> teaching people, not even meaning to teach anyone anything. Um, but no, so I was an elementary school teacher for... 10 years, almost 10 years. Um, I started teaching in 2009. And um, yeah, from there, I actually, while I was teaching, I started my own um, furniture restoration business. So I started painting furniture, cabinetry, all that kind of stuff. Did that for like, probably a good almost eight years. And then I had my first son took some time off of work. And he was born with a congenital heart defect. He had two open heart surgeries before he was even five months old. So yeah, it's, it was totally crazy. So obviously went through a whole whirlwind with that. Yeah. Um, and when I went back to teaching, it just wasn't like my, literally my eyesight was different from having gone through that. <laughs> so um, I just couldn't be like stuck in the classroom anymore. I just needed, even though I love teaching, I just needed to be out. So I actually quit my job that's when I applied to be on flea market flip. I won the episode that I was on. (laughs) I used that money to just like renovate my garage. And then, so you mentioned that you got into doing furniture restoration. Yeah. So I just was looking to like pick up a summer job type of thing, just do something extra and be creative. So I just started picking up furniture off the side of the road and at garage sales. And that's where I kind of just taught myself how to restore furniture. Like you deep dived on YouTube or you'd had inspiration from somewhere else? YouTube. And honestly, I just like tried different things out and kind of taught myself in a way. Um, But yeah, definitely, you know, YouTube tutorials help. (laughs) I could find anything on YouTube. (laughs) Right. 
Did you grow up being in a handy family, like a DIY family? Oh my gosh, totally. My, um, my mom is literally like the DIY OG. She does things and she'll see it on Instagram and be like, I did that 20 years ago. (laughs) Um, and then my dad is a plumber. So we've just always, we've always been a do it yourself type of people. That's awesome. So then how, how did this opportunity on HGTV come about? We've watched your episode. Oh, you did? (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, we love it. Um, it was weird. So, I mean, obviously I loved flea market flip. I just watched that show on TV all the time. My friends would text me and be like, oh my gosh, you're so much better than those people. You should go on that show. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was on Facebook one day and just one of like the scroll up ads was, oh, we're in your area. We live right outside New York city. So there's like, you know, lots of filming happens around here. Um, oh, we're in your area. If you want to apply to flea market flip, it was just like an ad. So I thought I'll apply, but who I probably won't get picked. And yeah, like a whole month, month and a half went by after I applied. And um, I got a phone call when I was teaching in the middle of the day. <laughs> and it was a number that I didn't know. So I went to just like silence it. And then I thought, wait, that's a Connecticut number. And they're from Connecticut. I got to answer this. And it was them saying that I got picked to be on the show. <laughs> it was HGTV oh yeah. calling. It was, yeah. it was literally the producer. Yeah. Calling. It was like jo- Joanna Gaines or Chip? Like, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> no, it was they have like a casting agent and a producer, I guess, that casts everyone. So yeah. they called. Um, but it was so funny because I answered in the middle of teaching so my students were like screaming in the background like mrs oldenberger is gonna be on tv (laughs) (laughs) and how did you decide that you were going to be on it with your dad so i it just because he had taught me like everything i knew i was trying to think like do i want a friend you know who do i want to pick as my partner and i mean i just kept going back to my dad he taught me i mean we used that's what we used to do when i was little just be out in his garage and build stuff so it was kind of like a little you know, homage to our relationship. I had to have, I had to pick him. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so you were saying you rolled that win into like furthering your opportunities into furthering furniture. It gave me a lot of confidence, obviously. And then winning that money, I was like, well, I don't want to just throw that away on, you know, buying random things. I might as well use that for some new tools and all that kind of stuff. And then it just kind of snowballed into like, okay, cool. I can actually take this and like make this be the catalyst to starting a whole new like adventure quit my teaching job just flipped furniture full-time and I did that for three or four years wow and so you're teaching your mom yeah yeah doing this (laughs) furniture stuff how'd you guys end up with a camper no okay this is a really funny I had never in my life camped we actually so Jake's dad has a house in Lake George so camping to me was take the boat out to an island (laughs) spend the day barbecuing and then go home and sleep back at the cabin that night like I did not camp outside um so we actually in 2019 early 2019 Jake and I were like we just we need a break we need to go do something so we hopped on a plane we flew to New Mexico we stayed with some friends there and then we rented an RV from New Mexico drove through New Mexico through Arizona to the Grand Canyon and then through Utah back to New Mexico we had already decided by the time we had gotten back to New Mexico like when we get home we're buying an RV <laughs> it was just like you just fell in love oh my gosh we felt it was insane the journey was awesome and obviously out there it's just gorgeous right yeah. but um and so was it like a class c or something like like a motorhome motorhome yeah. yep and um yeah we just took a week and a half and just drove around it was amazing we got home we bought an rv within i don't know six months and then 
yeah, that's, that's it. We've never done any other vacation since. <laughs> what did you get? What did you end up buying yourself? Um, we have a forest river 2014, um, little bunkhouse. So. And you renovated that. We had that trailer for probably a good eight, nine months before we, we even renovated it because then COVID hit and my whole business was like focused around teaching art classes and, you know, doing all that. So I had to basically pivot and find something else. So in the meantime, Jake was like, why don't you just renovate our trailer? You know, you're home, you're not doing anything. Go out and paint the trailer. So I was like, okay, made, that's when I made, yeah, literally just paint the trailer. Um, so that's it when I made. sounds like you were driving him nuts or something. No, yeah. I definitely needed a passion project at that point, for sure. So we ended up just doing it like as a fun little project. And that's when I made my Instagram and just started finding other people who were doing that and then snowballed into what it is now. <laughs> so you were no longer teaching elementary, but you were offering like your own classes? I opened up my own art studio where I taught kids art classes, birthday parties, adult oh, wow. sign classes. Yeah, I had like a whole thing going and then COVID ruined it all. <laughs> so it was a retail space, like a like an offsite location? Right everything? on Main wow. Street in our town. Um, it was like, yeah, it was What cool. was that called? Uh, the Create Space. Nice. Yeah, it was really, really fun. Um, I still actually to this day have kids that message me like, I need to have my birthday party at the Create Space. <laughs> and I'm like, we're not open anymore. <laughs> so you've been an entrepreneur. So even though you were you were a teacher, you've had this entrepreneurial spirit like running through you. Is yeah, that... always. I've my whole family is like that. My sister owns her own yoga studio. My other sister owns her own. She's an esthetician. She owns her own brow bar. Um, yeah, we just we don't really do well with people telling us what to do. <laughs> no, we hear you. We've, for the most part, we've been self-employed for almost 20-ish years. Yeah, so, yeah. You guys have yeah, like a similar... Yeah, about that. Yep. Yeah, that, uh, you know, obviously we have clients and um, our other, uh, you know, business that we've run for so many years is a photography and video studio. So, you know, we have a lot of different ranges of, you know, clients on that end from commercial to just, you know, families. But yeah, to go to an office space and, you know, once again, have like, you know, management looking over your shoulder, you know, every minute. Yeah, yep. it'd be tough for yep. sure. So we definitely can definitely can relate with that. So you got sent out to the trailer to paint. Yes. Like, you like, got to go do something. You've it been was, locked in the house too long. It was all go. Jake's idea. He literally, he rubs this in my face all the time. You know, this whole business was my idea. This was my plan. <laughs> he, he told me like, you know, go do, go do something for yourself. Get out there, go paint the trailer. And that's, I mean, it actually was perfect because I had 10 plus years of experience painting and painting right. furniture, building, you know, all the things that I had basically taught myself and kind of, you know, fine what's the word I'm looking for a uh, fine-tuned over the last yeah. 10 years was everything I needed to know to do the trailer <laughs> right so you guys had taken this out you'd camped in it I'm guessing actually hadn't because we bought it <laughs> this is like how when we just make a decision we just go and do it <laughs> I was nine months pregnant when we bought the trailer <laughs> Oh wow. <laughs> yeah so we were like all right we're gonna wait and then Cammy was born um and then it was October by that time so we just winterized it and called it a day so we had actually never ever camped in it for the, it sitting sat in our driveway for seven months before we oh, ever even it. went in it to start doing anything <laughs> well when you walked into the the trailer like did you how how did these this vision come to you or this inspiration like how did you decide like here are the things i want to change or you know it, you know where did that come from like what what was the starting point for you just from taking literally garbage off the side of the road i have 
an ability to like see where the potential that lies in things. Um, so really for me, it was just, especially because we had never camped in it. We didn't know what worked for us and what didn't. Jake and I spent so much time just sitting in the trailer, sitting on that terrible jackknife couch and just sitting out there <laughs> imagining like, okay, are, are kids going to want to play here? Are kids going to want to play there? We changed up our layout a million times before we even did anything. And that was a big part of like kind of planning and trying to foresee how we would use the space when we were out having never used it. Did you demo a lot of things out? We ended up, um, so we took the couch out. We took out the whole dinette booth that all came out. Um, that really was it for demo. We didn't take everything else we kind of left and just either reconfigured or worked around. And then we were able to, since we took out that dinette booth that took up so much space, we put in a huge five and a half foot table vertically instead of, you know, the way the booth goes. And we were able to actually fit our whole family. Emily, plus our friends when they come camping. <laughs> As you're doing this, like, had you decided like, hey, this is a process I'm going to share online. Was it like you started from the beginning? Yeah, I mean, I genuinely started it just to have like a documentation for us and our friends and family. Like, oh, cool. Look at this project that we're doing. And then just having teacher so ingrained in me, I would get on stories to share what we were doing and not even realize that I'm saying like, oh, this is how you would do this. Like, I just thought I was on there sharing what we're doing. But really, I'm saying like, oh, this is how you do this. Yeah. So it just kind of kept every project I did. And I think that was kind of helpful too, because people really like to see the process from beginning to end and like, oh, I can take what my trailer looks like that. I can do this to mine, you know, seeing the process of it all kind of all unfold is really helpful for a lot of people. And then, so as a general overview with that renovation, so what, what did you do? You painted walls, furniture, like give us, give us a rundown. What changed? Um, so we painted actually most of the walls that I, I wallpapered, but I'm actually going to go back out probably this spring and, and end up painting some of those instead. They're actually held up pretty well. It's just, I want it to be easier. Yeah. That was going to be my question. Cause you're in a cold climate too, right? So New Jersey. Yeah. We're um, in New Jersey. Most of our wallpaper held up pretty well. I did end up having to put some glue, like extra adhesive at the top just to kind of hold it. Was this like peel and stick or was it was peel this and stick? Paste? Yeah, it was peel okay. and stick. Um, but I've noticed through putting a lot of different peel and stick type papers down, I tend to go towards like the heavier, more um, like more expensive peel and stick. And those are the ones that fall. I think the weight of that paper is what kind of pulls it ah. down because I have put $7 rolls from Amazon up and those in our trailer, no extra adhesive have held up way better than the really expensive ones um so i'm on a I'm, i think that's my hunch <laughs> personally april's always like we got to do wallpaper you know in these renovations and i'm always so scared yeah to do it because well part of it is like i tried to build some studio backdrops at one point at a photography studio and i just had a terrible time yeah. trying to get those things like lined up or yep. also like to, yeah, to hold process. And then, you know, again, mentioning, you know, you're in a cold climate, we're in a cold climate. I know that that really has an effect on these adhesives yep. and, you know, just wondering, like, with a longer term, you know, see, seeing it over a winter, you know, it's good to hear, like, what happened, what worked, what didn't work. I think um, with that knowledge now, I would not ever re wallpaper an entire trailer for sure or a big chunk. I think it's great for, like, little accent walls. Sure. And especially if you have a nice smooth wall, I think that that kind of helps too, because if your wall is textured or has damage to it, it's kind of harder to wallpaper because then when you go to smooth it, it rips. So it's kind of like you have to strategically place which walls it would go on, use it as accents and um, 
got to be smooth and clean behind it. <laughs> Most RV walls that you know we've worked with ha have some sort of texture, even if it's just sort of like a, yeah, almost like a the wallpaper texture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you try to get rid of that? Or... No, I've I've, okay. I've papered right over that. That's typically fine as long as there's not any um, you know, holes or damage in the wall. You have to kind of like sand all that down. Okay. But so are you taking that down smooth or are you, is it okay to have a little bit? Yeah. Of a, yeah. Oh, it's totally fine to have bit. a little texture okay. on the actual paper. Um, I just wouldn't have like, you know, any transition spots you want to make sure are nice and smooth. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Makes sense. And so obviously this past experience of painting furniture really transitioned well, I'm assuming into painting your RV. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally. And that's the thing, like 90% of your renovation, maybe not 90, let's say 75% of your renovation most often is painting because painting makes the biggest impact. It's the cheapest. It's the thing that people feel most comfortable doing. Um, so yeah, having all that painting experience was super awesome because that was most of what we did. It's crazy. It feels like the painting never ends when you're renovating. An <sighs> never, RV. it never, never ends ever. And every time you think you're done, there's a scuff somewhere. Like it's just, yeah. The painting yeah. stage is the whole stage. Through <laughs> <laughs> that. At currently, we have a, a renovation that's done and, you know, listed. And the other day, like I walked in there and I saw like a little tiny spot. I'm like, oh gosh, I got to hit that with a little bit of paint before, <laughs> before this goes to a new home. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And I saw actually what I loved, I actually did this with, um, with one of our trailers after I saw you guys do this, you guys gave like the little paint sample oh, yeah. with the trailer. I, I'm like, how did I just give them the paint color? But that's such a smart idea. <laughs> little mason jar of their paint. And here you go. Now you fix whatever else happens. <laughs> right. Now the painting is handed over to you. Right. Yep. Because <laughs> it's inevitable, especially, you know, if they have right. kids or you're just it is. carrying clunky stuff you know, in and it out. Is. And the like, wear and tear that a trailer is going to undergo, it's, you know, that's expected. It's going to happen. Yeah. And so you, you painted, um, you did some wallpaper. Did you, yep. did you change any pieces of furniture or anything? Well, we, so we bought a residential couch. We replaced that with the jackknife couch and kind of reconfigured that a little bit to give us some more floor space. We built out above our wheel well, we built a bench in the dining area. So it kind of just made that space a little bit more useful. So now we have a full length bench behind the table. We ended up with the bunks, just kind of taking them in a little bit. It jutted out towards the middle of the hallway. So we just kind of like tapered that in. So that was on more of like an angle and easier to walk around. But that was really it. That was trailer was pretty much just like cosmetic. It was in such good condition and we just wanted to like paint it and clean it up and make it look a little prettier. <laughs> <laughs> And then did you start to notice, like, I, I have no idea, like, you know, what your following was, you know, through that process or whatnot, but did it come pretty apparent? People are interested in this? Super fast, very apparent, very quick. And I think that I just hit it at the exact right time. That's when trailers just blew up. Trailer travel just ended up, you know, that that was what to do in that summer. Definitely. It was so, it was super Jake every day. Jake would be like, how many followers do you have today? I'm like, stop, <laughs> just stop. Like we both were like, oh my gosh, people want to watch me on here. <laughs> As he reminds you, it was my idea. Is that what Literally every time, even just this morning when I told him I was coming on here to talk to you guys, are you going to tell them that this whole thing was my plan? Rose <laughs> <laughs> it in every time. <laughs> so then when you guys were finished, did you, did you get a chance to take it out? Yeah. So this one is our, is okay. our personal trailer. We took it out before it was even done being renovated we ended up you know we just we took it the whole summer we've taken that trailer to connecticut upstate new york we went to delaware do you plan on keeping it 
Um, so I actually haven't announced this yet. You guys are going to be the first ones to hear this little bit of news. (laughs) So we are, we're getting a new trailer in June. We're going to use this trailer to, you guys saw like the whole course that I'm going to offer. Um, but I, I didn't want to be stuck to a timeline with a client. So we're actually, that course trailer is going to be our next trailer that we're going to be using. And then we're going to sell this trailer. I know. I'm so sad uh, to part with our, you know, our original little baby, but, um, but yeah, so once that trailer is done, we'll probably keep both for the summer just to have one to camp in and one while we renovate. And then, um, then we'll keep the new one and get rid of that one. You adjusted what you're looking for after using the other one, like from, you know, oh, yeah. length, size, weight, layout. So our current trailer is 29 feet. And we actually, we're not, we don't need really anything bigger than that. We're okay with the size of that. The thing that I've really looked for, which kind of does mean we're getting a little bit of a bigger trailer, but we don't want to go too much bigger. Um, we really need like a separate bunk room for our kids. It was really hard putting the kids to bed at, you know, seven o'clock. And then we go out and we, you know, we're hanging out by the campfire coming in to get food and stuff. And you're like tiptoeing around and wake up every single time. So (laughs) we're really looking for like a dedicated space for the kids. That's just the main thing. Toys and all that kind of stuff can just be in their room. That's really the main thing that we're looking for. Cool. What do you guys tow with? This whole time that we've had our other trailer, we have um, a Jeep Grand Cherokee. You know, we didn't have as much tow capacity. Um, but we just bought a Ram 2500, so we're set now. <laughs> That's on our list. We have a 1500, yeah. and we're always like, oh, it'd be so much better to have yeah. a little heavier truck. Yeah. And Oh, yeah, my gosh, this awesome. truck is awesome. And it snowed so much this winter that this truck was, like, the perfect truck to have through the winter, right. too. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. plowing through the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a truck before? We'd never had a truck, and we have needed a truck just with my – I mean, okay, so before I had my Jeep Grand – huge furniture like yeah. by myself too or with my kids like I'd have my kids in the back and I'm just like hauling a dresser through the trunk um but before that car I had a red Mustang convertible and I literally like my neighbor I actually have to find a picture and see if I can find you guys and send it to you I have pictures of me driving down the road with my top down and like a dresser like out of the top of the car I love that convertible because I could just throw like doors in there like everything fit I just pull the top down and everything fit so once I got rid of that car and got the jeep we were like okay I would definitely need to pick up we never had one either until just a couple years ago when we decided we were going to buy a travel trailer and you try to go on some trips and like now you know I think we both feel like we wouldn't want to be without one yeah I don't even know how we would and even just with me with renovating trailers you know it's so nice to have it when I buy materials it's so much easier than having to take the car seats out and fold all the seats down <laughs> yeah in this process like is there like a moment or moments when light bulb went on and you were like this might be a business through renovating our first trailer obviously lots of interest of people asking me like oh cool like I didn't realize my trailer looks like that I didn't realize I could make it look like this and lots and lots of questions so I actually had just kind of started with getting on phone calls with people and helping to like answer their questions. And then from there, people started reaching out, Hey, would you renovate my trailer? And then I realized like, Oh, wow, people like, this is a thing. People actually would hire me to do this. (laughs) So uh, then, yeah, we just, Jake and I sat down and we were like, is this something we really want to do? Can we manage it? We're super lucky because um, we have our huge garage that I have all my tools in, but we also have like a giant lot behind our house. Um, so we had to kind of like work out all those kinks and where we would store the trailers and all of that. But, uh, cause I'm guessing you're in a residential neighborhood. 
We are. Yeah. We are super lucky. We're the only house on the entire like whole street that has a double lot. So. That has four campers parked in the driveway. And four campers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. I'm, I'm, I'm hoarding campers. <laughs> my, my neighbors have made me very aware. <laughs> the last time one pulled in, our neighbors came outside and were like, how long is this one going to be there for? <laughs> we get the same question. So are you bad. almost done with that one? We don't know if they're like being supportive or they're like, are you almost done with this one? Because they want it out of here. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what we're going through. So we're just like smile and nod. Yeah. <laughs> you started like offering formal consultation services, like you were charging for these, or you're just being nice and no, at the beginning it was just all like hop on a phone call and help people out because I just didn't know like that people actually would pay for that kind of, like I had no idea. This tra- even a trailers, this whole world was like a whole new world for me. Right. Um so yeah, and then once I realized like, oh, this is like a thing, people this is something people want. Like I can make something out of this. And just having that, like you said, entrepreneurial stir- like like mindset, um, it just became pretty apparent that that was something that was needed. And then I just kind of took it and ran with it. When you see the before and after. Like, especially like with this first project that you did for yourself. How does that feel? And you guys know, because you've done these renovations too, the roller coaster of a renovation, you're like so excited and there's all this energy. And then you get to that like point where, why did I do this? And then you're like falling back down and then you come back up. So it's a constant roller coaster, but it's a surreal moment. Um, I'm kind of terrible with the before pictures because I get so excited to do it. I just like go right in. And so most of my before pictures have like half sanded or (laughs) half painted or half demoed. (laughs) You remember as you're going along. Yeah. I I will be like, oh man, I never took that picture. I like live for the before and after, but I forget about the before because I'm so excited to just start. It's definitely a moment of like, you're super proud of yourself. You're so glad that it's done, but you're, you're sad that it's done because the creativity is why you do it. It's got done renovating um, a large fifth wheel for a client. Yes. How, how did that come about? Um, so they actually, they live in upstate New York and they want to move to Canada. So they're not sure like how permanently they wanted to stay there. So a trailer just kind of worked for them. They found me online and they reached out and we just got it going. <laughs> We've never done anything larger than maybe like a 35 foot travel trailer but i can just imagine like going into a big fifth wheel it's got to feel like it's got to feel like a mansion it it was huge the ceilings are huge it's just it's a totally different i mean we after seeing that trailer we were like okay should we get a fifth wheel like they're just absolutely gorgeous and huge and feel so spacious and it literally was like renovating a house i mean in our travel trailer it's just you know a room with a few areas and this this fifth wheel was literally room by room. I had to go room by room and section by section because there was just so much space to touch. Did you find that you altered the process at all? I alter the process every time, honestly. I have I usually have a really clear game plan, but it'll just change. That's just how my brain works. When I start taking something apart, I'm like, oh, wait, this would actually work better than what I thought. Or sometimes it ends up being worse and I go back. <laughs> but I, I almost always have a, a good plan and then being flexible to adjust it as it goes. Could you walk us through some basic steps? Like if, if someone's going to, you know, go look at their camper or, um, you know, think about renovating it, like where, what are kind of, you know, without getting too deep in, in all mm-hmm. those steps, like 
well, how do you how do you prioritize you know where you're going to start and how you're going to move through it so first is to just take your time to sit in there and either just make sure number one you've camped in it so you know what things work and what don't or if you haven't been able to camp in it really take the time to like take in all the different areas and all those things so that's like the biggest thing is set your foreground and make sure you know what you're doing and have your plan do your research following that demolition so you just start taking out the things that you know you want to take out i always say less is more a lot of times when i talked with design consult people on the phone you know they're like oh i'm going to take out my countertops i'm going to take out this a lot of times those things end up being fine once you've taken everything else out that's brown or demoed everything else out or painted your cabinets so you have to think about how deep of a renovation you want to do sometimes countertops are salvageable sometimes you know, your booth is fine. You just have to reupholster the seats. So you have to think about all of that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, the so more less, you can save. Yes. And like less is more. So just take your time. The countertops can come out afterwards. Demo everything else, your your dinette, the things you know you want to take out. And then if you end up a couple of weeks later deciding you do want new countertops, that can come out. That's not going to change your painting process. That's not going to change anything that can come out later. So yeah, do your research, demolition, um, and then paint. So you paint the walls, paint your cabinets. You want to paint everything before you install any new flooring, anything like that. And then you just kind of start building up from there. So you can build up benches that you're going to do, built-ins, all those kinds of things, accent walls, um, shiplap, and then edge or decor. (laughs) With the wall painting in an RV, are you prepping and priming or are you just kind of cleaning off and putting the the finished coats on what's what's your approach there anything in the trailer that you are going to paint has to get primed any any single area of your of your trailer has to get primed walls are i have sanded walls and primed and i have not sanded walls and primed i personally feel like the paint seems to lay better on a gently sanded wall it also just kind of keeps people like remembering that they have to sand the little holes from the valances that they take down and things like yeah. that. Sometimes people skip that kind of stuff when they just get right to paint. And they show through because generally these walls are, um, you know, I don't know about your house, but our mm-hmm. house is a newer construction yep. somewhat. And so there's orange peel spray in there. So the walls are all textured. So you don't yeah. see that kind of stuff as much, but in an RV, the walls are fairly flat, yes. even though there is a texture. So it's almost like right. a plaster. And yes. so, like you said, if there is the little cosmetic things that you might be able you to really notice them, your eye doesn't catch as much, maybe in a orange peeled wall in a house, yes. like it does, it sticks out a lot. You're exactly right. And the reason why manufacturers, RV manufacturers choose the colors that they choose is because those colors hide dirt and imperfections better. So when you look at a wall and it's that brown taupe color, you don't see all the things. And when you paint that wall stark white, you see every little dent and the the bends in the wallpaper, like everything that you didn't see before, you you see it now. So I do recommend like a very gentle light sand. It just kind of sets like the foreground for a clean, you know, nice wall. But you got to prime it. Sounds like you might be a proponent for brown paint. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind brown paint. I don't like brown walls. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> All right. So um, you sand the walls and then um, I'm assuming you wash them. Yes. Yeah. Got to wash them. Um, all that stuff's going to be in your paint if you don't like rinse yeah. your walls down. Um, very gentle. Like I just use vinegar and um, vinegar and water mixture, mm-hmm. but people, other people use like TSP and other degreasers and stuff like that. It kind of depends on the use of your trailer as well. All the trailers that we've actually done have been in great condition and there's not like 
grease and buildup on the walls. But if you have an older camper, you're going to really need to take the time to degrease everything. Yeah, because you don't want that primer to have anything getting in the way of it sticking to the wall. And so when you're sanding, um, are you using a power sander or just like hand sanding? Yeah. So I actually, I have a mouse sander. I actually have it here. I'll show you which one I have. This is my mouse sander. I use a mouse sander because it has that little pointed tip, which is so useful in the RV because there's so many little nooks and crannies. Um, If I'm doing something like a big section on a wall or a big panel on a refrigerator, then I can do, um, then I can use the orbital sander. It's a little bit bigger and a little easier. Um, But I love the mouse sander. It just zips around and makes it nice and easy. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't, I don't recommend, it's a very tedious job. You have to really, especially when you're sanding cabinetry, really make sure you sand properly and enough. So I wouldn't recommend. What's that mean? What's properly mean? um, So it kind of depends on the type of cabinetry that you're sanding, but for the most part in trailers, the doors are wood and then the boxes are like a laminate covering. So you have to sand enough that the paints, the primer is going to stick to that laminate. So you want to sand it enough that it's roughed up but it's kind of like a sticker paper right like over mdf or yeah it's like a thick finish so some are like a more plastic like think ikea furniture is like a little more plasticky and then others are an actual paper finish um so you have to make sure that you sand that surface enough that the primer is going to stick but not so much that you sand through it Mm -hmm. and then expose the particle board behind it because then that has to get patched you'll see that like texture when you paint. So yeah, so that's why I like the mouse sander. It zips around nice and easy. It's not like a heavy full sand, gets it enough that the paint will stick, but not so much that it's going to damage the surface that you're trying to paint. What grit sandpaper are you using when you're doing that? So there's three different grits that I use. So 80 grit is the grit that you use to remove anything. So whenever you're trying to like remove a finish or prep the um, surface for sanding, you're going to use 80 grit. 120 grit is what you use to like prepare for paint. So I usually do the 80 grit sand and then the primer and then do a 120 grit sand to prep for your coats of paint. And then you can use a 220 grit in between your two coats of paint color um, to just get like a super, super smooth finish. So we're on renovation number six, I think. And so we're still trying to find like what the, the perfect primer is i don't know we've yeah. used a number of different ones a couple of them we've used more than once and so yeah just trying to figure that out and so what's what's the specific one that that you're using i use ppg because it is it is water-based but it has like those extra gripping properties i don't really like oil-based primers i don't think i know that if you're supposed to use an oil-based primer if you're using an oil-based paint to finish but i just feel like the oil-based primers in a trailer for whatever reason they just don't stick properly. I know people that have used them with success, but kills for whatever reason on the laminate and on the walls for me just never takes the way I want it to. (laughs) Well, and water-based is going to clean up easier. Water-based cleans up so much easier. Yes. It doesn't have that stinky smell. It doesn't need all that same, that long dry time. And the PPG gripper is so great. You can apply paint. I mean, I I don't ever do this because I'm exhausted by the time I've primed everything, (laughs) but you can apply paint 30 minutes after you've applied PPG gripper. Yeah. So if you are doing a smaller space, it does make your times, you know, speed up a little bit. You mentioned like uh, water-based primers might not smell as much too. I feel like for the the most taxing, well, there's lots of taxing things. You get sore arms and stuff, but Mm -hmm. in the renovation process is like your lungs because 
you're sanding, you're painting, you're in these enclosed spaces. I yep. mean, there might be formaldehyde in some of these walls. So yep. whatever you can do to decrease those VOCs and obviously where, you know, masks and respirators are ventilated yep. properly, all that sort of stuff is so important. People need to realize that. It, and I, being someone who has done furniture for so long, like I will not even, I don't paint anything unless I have my, my respirator on because it's just, you're exactly right. What all that dust sits at the bottom of your lungs and it just is not good. So it's definitely, definitely a good idea to take care of yourself. Yeah. So we, we kind of mixing and matching here. We're taking lots of different directions, but since yeah. we're deep diving on <laughs> painting, let's just keep going with that. So, okay. um, you sanded the primer, we're putting the, the initial top coat on. Are you, yep. so then you're sanding in between top coats? Um, so I, I do stand in between the final two paint colors. Yes. The final two paint coats. Um, I just do like a very light 220, and that's because I, most of the time I roll my paint. When you roll, you have a higher chance of having brush strokes and all of that. Spraying is obviously a much smoother finish. So if you're going to spray, you really don't have to do a 220 in between because it does go on so much smoother. But I think that most people will roll. Most people that I'm trying to like teach how to renovate a trailer are going to be rolling and, and brushing their paint. It's a good idea to do 220 in between. It just really makes it look like you sprayed when you're all done. Do you have a, a reason for that methodology? One of the bigger reasons is spraying in a small space, like in an RV, you know, when you're spraying outside, if you take a piece of furniture outside, that overspray, you know, isn't so bad. When you're inside, you have to wear like a full suit, you know, the overspray inside a tiny trailer. It's just circulating, circulating. It just gets everywhere. So um, that's a big thing when you're trying to think about like, should I roll or should I spray? What are you keeping in the trailer? So if you're trying to salvage your floor or you're painting your uppers and your lowers, different colors, maybe rolling might be better for you if you don't want to go ahead and like paint tape off every single section of your trailer. If you are painting everything white, your cabinets white, your wall's white, it's all going to be the same. That makes it much easier. Obviously spraying is, is a good option, um, but you have to kind of like outweigh what you're looking to do and what you are comfortable doing. Can you kind of talk about uh, your dry rolling process? Oh, sure. Um, so dry rolling is basically when you use your, like you said, you use your angled brush to just kind of cut into the corners, whether it's your cabinet or your walls, and then you cover the majority of the surface with your roller and you just kind of like roll it on. You don't really worry about any um, imperfections or how thick the paint is. You just kind of get it on there. And then when your roller is completely out, when you'd be ready to like roll back into your tray, you don't roll back in your tray. You keep that, it's called dry rolling. You keep that roller dry and you use that to smooth out your whole entire surface. Um, and what that does is it makes all those little imperfections and those extra lines just kind of vanish. Is there a pattern? that you're using on that final It's so funny. Everyone, I have, I mean, I've done so much research over the years, like the W and like all the things you're supposed right. to, I don't, I really don't. And that's probably just me because I just, you know, get the paint on, but no, I don't do a pattern. If whatever works, if I have to fit this way to get in that tiny spot, then I'm going to go that way. <laughs> what kind of roller too? What are you using on those? So I use a foam roller on cabinetry every time, no matter what. For the walls, especially in an RV, I've tried lots of different ones. Um, Three-fourth snaps rollers are really good because they're really fine. So it's like a nice smooth finish, but you have to do lots of coats. Um, so I honestly, the last couple of times I've painted the walls have just gone with a regular wall and trim roller. And I usually use like the four inch, the smaller size, because the bigger ones are, it's hard to get around the windows and all of that with a bigger roller. Um, so do actually just usually stick with the smaller one. 
And on the foam roller, is that like specified as like a fine finish? Um, so the the kind that I get is called Wiz, and they just those are called cabinet and trim foam rollers. I don't know if there's like a, a finish on those ones. They're just again the four inch ones. Um, so I don't know the answer to that. If there's like a specific. And so sometimes I find too one of the things that frustrates me not being I mean I'm painted a lot, especially now you know after yeah. doing these renovations, <laughs> but. Um, you know, not as much as you is like with the shorter rollers too. Like sometimes you end up getting like, you know, the, the fine roll, like yep. uh, rows and that sort of thing. How do you, yep. how do you mitigate that? If it's like, say you're painting like something like a door or, you know, a big cabinet side or something like that, where, you know, it's much bigger than, than that four inches. Honestly, I stick with a smaller roller <laughs> to be honest, or I spray, I can bring it outside and spray. I do a lot of spraying in the spring and the summertime. Um, but I almost always just stick with a small roller and do the dry rolling to just kind of get those lines to vanish away. Um, for me, and again, it's what you're comfortable with. So I, I feel like with the larger rollers, it's just harder to have control over your finish. It's probably not the answer you want. You want to know like... <laughs> no, that I, well, I wanted the secrets, yes. I want all the secrets, but... <laughs> There's no secret. So furniture pieces, I'm assuming like sometimes you're doing some sort of like top coat or like like a poly coat or something like that? Kind of like you said before, the trailer's lived in, it's meant to, it's going to have wear and tear. So are you expecting a complete finish on a cabinet that's never going to get chipped, that's never going to get nicked? No, of course not. So if you have good quality paints, especially something that's in like a satin or a semi-gloss finish, you probably don't have to polyurethane it, you know? Um, but if you want to make them as strong and durable as possible, it's useful. Do you uh, stain any surfaces or do any like wood, you know, wood tones that way? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I use Minwax stains, um, and I kind of do like a bounce between, they have a really good, um, water-based stain line. That's awesome. It doesn't have any like smells or anything like that. So I kind of bounce between those and then they're just the regular oil-based line. And then with that process, what we've been doing is obviously sanding and then somewhere along the line, we found, um, pre-stain conditioners. Yep. Is that something you feel is important? Yes. Oh my gosh. If, if you use pre-stain conditioner, it makes such a difference. You'll notice if you do a little test spot, um, it really does. It helps it take it better. It's not like a yellow tone. And then do you have any rules of thumb when it comes to putting coats of, you know, poly on, on stained pieces? depending on how they're going to be used and whatnot? If it's a piece of furniture, for sure. Oh, I always put a coat of polyurethane or like even just a wax coat on top um, just to kind of like finish it off. Most of the pieces that I do are tables or things that, you know, are going to get nicked up. So you definitely want to make sure there's a nice durable finish. Do you do multiple coats or do you find one is one is good enough? Or? I usually do one coat and then I do like a very light 220 sand and then a final coat. Okay. So two coats you think is good enough for like high use yeah i think if you're gonna do like countertops or like your dining room table or something like that you probably want to try to do more like three or four um but for something like an end table or just you know tv stand something that's like a small shell something like that you could definitely just do two coats just enough to kind of be able to like wipe it clean it's nice and smooth um but it's not like a gloss so we were originally talking about we were walking through the renovation process and then we'd we got down a rabbit hole when we got to to painting so you've you've gotten everything painted Let's let's continue from there. Like what, what what's happening next when you're when you're working on an RV? Everything's painted. You got your cabinets painted. You got your walls painted. So then you work from there from flooring. Um, and so typically, what have you been using for flooring? LVP. Yeah, LVP is definitely the way to go. Um, and you really have to make sure, especially in a trailer, because weight is just so important. Um, that you use like 
a three and a half to five millimeter flooring LVP. You really don't want to go any higher than, yeah, than that five. Yeah, that gets heavy quick. It gets so heavy. It gets so heavy. Um, they have like those ones that have the cork boarding underneath and those, you know, which most people end up getting because they're waterproof and they're more durable, but you can find waterproof and durable ones that are much thinner and much safer for the trailer. So with the fifth wheel renovation, do you have to worry about weight as much? So it's not as important. And, you know, a couple hundred pounds on one side is like in a travel trailer, you really have to not only worry about the weight of things you put in, but the distribution of the weight as well. Um, in a fifth wheel, it's not it's not as important, but I am always considering, you know, everything we take out. I've even gone online. Um, we took out some old couches out of this fifth wheel and I went online and found like a comparable one that Camping World was selling. And I looked at the specs and saw how much that weighed so that I kind of had a price, like a, a number in my head of like, you know, what I could put back in that spot. So when we purchased another couch, I checked the specs on there as well, just to kind of see, are we within, you know, a hundred pounds of what was there? Because um, it can definitely be catastrophic if you don't have the ba- the weight balanced. Maybe we should cover that once because obviously people could be listening to this that um, haven't had experiences yet with renovation or maybe haven't even owned an RV, you know, at this point. And so um, different RVs are rated for different uh, weights. And so the RV itself, you know, weighs a certain amount. That RV has axles that are rated to carry a certain amount of weight. And there's usually an allotment of weight that you can put in the RV for like your personal things. If you're carrying, you know, water or something like that. And so there's these these weight ratings that theoretically are put in place to keep keep you safe and keep the RV safe and keep your tow vehicle safe. And so in the renovation process, you know, kind of what we're talking about here is it's usually sort of a, a balancing process when you you know you're taking something out, you're putting things in, and in the end you want to you know at least we try to keep things sort of similar. I mean mm-hmm. you know it's gonna a few hundred pounds one way or the other. I don't think is such a big deal, but exactly. But that's just something you want to be cognizant of because it could be really easy to not, you know, not even be aware of that. And you go into and you just start throwing all kinds of things into a little trailer. And before you know it, you try to go down the road and the wheels fall off, literally. So (laughs) so that's that's kind of what we're talking about there is just being cognizant of, you know, if like Rachel said, if you take out a couch and you put a different couch in, you know, what's the difference? Is it is there a difference? You know, is it 100 pounds? Just keep that keep that in the back of your head. And for the most part, especially if you're demoing a lot out of your trailer, the furniture that you're going to be putting back in, like think Ikea furniture, that stuff is particle board. It's so much lighter than, you know, a couch from Ikea is way lighter than the jackknife couch that's in the trailer. So for the most part, you're going to be pretty close or under, but you're exactly right. You have to make sure that the vehicle that you're using to tow and all of that is able to, um, you have to account for your tanks being your propane, like all of those things. And so that's why those numbers are really, really important to look up for your, your vehicle and your trailer. Yeah. And that's just like a whole nother rabbit hole. I mean, our minds exploded when we first got interested in, you know, the RV world, not just learning that there's different RVs, but then there's different tow vehicles with different ratings and two trucks might look similar to you, but one tows drastically more than the other. And yep. You got to think about things like we said, uh, cargo capacity, but then also there's other factors like the tongue weight of your vehicle and you start putting all your kids and family in the car. There's just, there's some math equations with you. Absolutely. You don't have to get buried in those numbers, but you should just be aware of them. Aware of them. So that you're not putting yourself and your family in danger. Exactly. So. 
That's the PSA. And it's nice to know, just like I said with the couches, check the specs. It's so easy. Like mirrors. Oh my gosh. Mirrors are such a good thing to check the specs before you buy because some mirror, yeah, they could be so heavy. You know, yeah. a mirror that you think you, you check the measurements, you check the length and the width, it fits right. in your spot. You get the mirror in the mail and it's 15, 20 pounds. <laughs> so it's really good. To, I have passed on a lot of mirrors that would actually fit dimensions. But then right. when you actually look in the weight specs, it, you, you're not putting a 20 pound mirror in your trailer. Mm -hmm. Same. <laughs> it's honestly a good point to make because so much of RV renovation now is just to make the trailer look pretty, which obviously mm -hmm. is, is the end goal, but there's so much more that goes into it, you know? So it's not just like, oh yeah, go out and everyone just paint your RV. You know, we, we do try to make it sound like at least an I especially everyone can do this and you really actually can, everyone can learn how to do this, but there's lots of research that is involved for exactly what you said, your family, your vehicle, everything that you need to take into account, but also just how to do it properly. You don't want to mess it up and have to redo it again or do it wrong so that your trailer is now not safe. So you said your dad's a plumber? Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Have you yeah. changed? So you've changed, I see behind you in the picture and stuff, you've changed out fixtures and plumbing yep. and all that kind yep, of stuff. Yep. Is he, is he do that? Have you done it? No. So actually I'm so lucky. I mean, Jake is like super supportive of all the things that I do. Like every day I'm like, Oh, I have an idea. And he's like, okay, cool. Now what am I gonna have to do today? Or how much money is this going to cost? You know, like, but, um, so Jason engineer and his dad is actually, um, a mechanic. So between all of us, like we literally know oh, how wow. to do everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm super lucky because Jake is so handy. So Jake actually does a lot of the plumbing in the trailers. Um, and, you know, I kind of like call him in for certain things. Plumbing is one and um, usually helps with like countertops and stuff like that. That's usually like the time I call Jake out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Jake is, Jake is really, Jake's our trailer plumber, but we have absolutely had my dad. My dad actually helped us install the washer dryer in our last, in the fifth wheel that we installed. Um, so I've definitely called my dad out a couple times. <laughs> At that point, you painted everything, you're getting things put back in, you're doing the plumbing. Are, have you done lighting swaps and that sort of stuff? Yep. Lighting swaps. Um, we almost always have changed out those, you know, the big RV lights with an LED puck. Those are just so much nicer. They're like a little flush mount, you know, circular puck and they don't just take up as much space and they're just like a little clicky button. So they're, and they're much prettier and they're LEDs. So they last longer, you know, less wear and tear on the battery and stuff. Yeah. We always try to find somewhere to put in some residential lighting. It just makes it look cozy and, you know, more like your home, even if it's just like in the bathroom or just one little spot, we do try to, to squeeze in some residential lighting where we can. What's after that? Do you have, sounds like you have all the, the big things in place. Yeah. I mean, then we do like, you know, we put in our countertops, put any appliances back in that we might've taken out sinks, faucets. Um, what kind of countertops have you done at this point? I always replace countertops. I just feel like it makes such a difference and it's so like, inexpensive at least for us we are right near an ikea lucky. like i can I, yeah, so, so i know lucky. and i know people who don't live near ikea maybe you have to keep your countertops but they <laughs> sell gorgeous countertops at ikea 60 to 80 dollars for like a six foot slab which is most of the time all you need in a small right. space like a trailer for me 80 bucks is so much more worth it than trying to cover it with contact paper or paint a countertop mm -hmm. or build one yourself but i do understand in some scenarios um you know it has to be custom built and all of that but ikea countertops are like my lifesaver i are you doing some kind of like window coverings or what's your go-to in that situation? I will be completely honest. Window coverings is my least favorite and 
most tedious thing to find for trailers. I feel like I can never find the right size or they're just too long or they don't fit or they're out of stock. That's been like a huge thing now is just finding something that's in stock. Um, But really my go-to is in travel trailers, bamboo blinds, Home Depot sells some really good ones and Wayfair has nice ones as well. Um, And then I always usually try to pair that with like an Ikea curtain or something like that. Um, Target actually makes great cafe curtains which are good for travel trailers because most of those windows are only 24 inches high anyway. So then you don't have to sew. So if you're not someone who um, knows how to sew, cafe curtains are a nice option um, for those smaller windows. But my favorite um, curtains from Ikea are the Ritva curtains and they're like a nice quality white curtain. Um, And those are really, I always cut those up to sew. So you're getting all these client renovations now, right? right? So your model isn't necessarily to buy remodel and sell your model is to renovate something that somebody already owns we're on our third right now um and then like i said we have that the one we're going to buy in june that will be ours which will lead to the flip of our other one um and then we have two more clients for the rest of the year have you weighed that out one way or the other is that just how things have developed it's so i think it goes there's good and bad pros and cons to both so the What I like about a client RV is that obviously I know it already has an owner, so I'm not nervous that I have to hold Mm -hmm. on to this if someone doesn't buy it. That's the biggest thing. Um, Also, it's nice to kind of work with someone with their budget, you know, like I can just get carried away and just full gut everything, you know, whereas like in the other fifth wheel, the flooring was great. Like I probably would have changed that if my clients weren't like, you know, oh no, let's keep it, you know? So it is kind of nice to know like what your guidelines are, what the budget is and work through that with someone else. Um, luckily my clients, my last clients were so awesome that they really did let me have a go at really everything. They were so open to like, whatever you kind of feel like, yeah, it's, they were so, so awesome to work with, but that has been the one thing that's always on my mind is like trying to, especially with this trailer that we're actually doing right now, meet the exact expectations of what that person Mm -hmm. has is really overwhelming, you know, whereas in a flip, you can do whatever you want and you can make it as crazy colorful or do whatever you want to do. You're not really like trying to meet someone's expectations. Um, But I think the big thing for us is just not having, at least at this point in our career, not having to find, you know, the, 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 giant chunk of money to buy our own RV and then have mm-hmm. to hold on to it if it doesn't sell. Like that's really scary for us. Right. Um, yeah. It's like those two opposing stresses. Like you said, there's exactly. going back to our talk about having the boss and yeah. then also, yeah. you know, the carrying costs. And, yeah. and with the client renovations, you know, you really stuck to your timeline. You know, someone expects to pick it up this weekend. You've got to be done this weekend, you know? Um, whereas with your own flip, if you need to take a couple more weeks till you list it, you know, it's not the end of the world. So right. There's pros and cons. How did that whole timeline process work for you? Did you ever feel like you were under stress because of it? Yeah, I definitely was under. So this was hard because I think COVID plays such a huge part in this because Jake is trying to find time to work. I'm trying to find time to work. We don't have a babysitter as of right now. So that was like super stressful for me is just being a mom and juggling everything, but also doing this renovation completely by myself, you know, and for the most Instagram part. Like, influencer. that's another that's a whole job it's literally a whole nother full-time job it's insane um but yeah so definitely I'm really good at managing my time so I think that that obviously helped but um we're trying with this next trailer to we've subbed out some of the work I actually have someone that's actually repairing the floor instead of me doing it because it just worked better you know for time management and stuff like that 
but yeah, it's all, it's all balancing act. <laughs> so sure. when you say repairing the floor, I think I caught some of it. So I'm not always, April does a lot of our Instagram. Like I'll yeah, like, po- yeah. I post and ghost and like do a lot of stories, but I, <laughs> I don't consume as much. And, yes. but I think I did catch that. So you, you did the demo and you found that there was some water damage. Oh like, my gosh. It was so much worse than what we thought. Um, we knew the floor had some soft spots, so we kind of had planned that things would have to get patched, but we had just budgeted to replace the whole subfloor because we figured it, um, turned out that the freshwater tank had a leak. So I think that that partially was some of the issue. Um, but it also must've leaked pretty bad somewhere else by, cause the dinette had, it was completely gone, but was this the, a slide or just a, no, this is just a tiny little 18 foot, little tiny, small travel trailer. Um, so like I said, the freshwater tank inside had leaked. I don't know how long it was sitting wet. So maybe that has a big, and that was on top. Like it was was underneath the built out bed. So I don't know if they even knew and who knows, maybe it was leaking prior owners had tried to fix those sagging spots. They just left them how they didn't take anything out. They just put a tiny thin piece of plywood on top and then they put self-leveling concrete. Oh no. (laughs) Concrete. Yeah. So that, you know, that's what you use in a trailer. Um, so yeah, it was, it was awful. So we ended up taking it all out. All the foam insulation underneath was completely wet in some spots. So we just started from scratch. And how did that feel, Rachel? Like what, oh my gosh. T- walk me through the sensations when you <laughs> started absolutely defeated. Imagine. Oh my gosh. Because, and also we don't really, we, we really just, especially with our design consultations too. Like we don't really address that type of stuff with clients. I really just try to stick to design work. You know, it just makes it easier for me. I feel like I can actually help you in that way where water damage is so hard, especially over FaceTime to try and help someone, you know, mitigate water damage when you're not there physically able to see it. So I don't really even advertise that we even do that. So when we open up this trailer and it's just in this terrible condition, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is just going to be a whole, like I didn't even plan to get into all of that that way. I feel your pain on our last renovation. We, it was demo day and we just were pulling the carpet out of the slide and I thought I'd done a thorough inspection. And then we just found that the subfloor was rotted and, you know, opened up the walls and the studs were rotted. It was just yep. such. That's exactly us. We, we really did. We thought the same thing that we inspected it. We thought we were, we knew where the soft spots were, you know, I think that's part of owning a trailer though, is just knowing that all of these things, you have to kind of be slightly um, handy, I think, to have a trailer because these things are going to come up all the time. <laughs> you're always going to have something where water gets in somewhere or you're going to have to fix something that breaks. This just comes with the life. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. But that, like you said, that's a whole def- like different cup of tea. Like that's mm-hmm. like, there's right. one thing to do all, all the things we've already talked about, but then when right. you have to start rebuilding yep. the inside, it just feels, feels like a whole different job. Like exactly. it's a different, different beast to tackle. Not yep. what we signed up for. And some people love exactly. doing that. It seems like, like you see, you see people on Instagram or whatever, and they're like, yeah. ready. they're ready for that. Full one. restorations. They, they want to yep. do that. Right. Some yeah. people just choose to replace all the walls just because why not? Right. <laughs> you know, they want to start from scratch. So I, I definitely suggest you do, if anyone is looking to buy a trailer, it makes more sense to spend more money on a better quality trailer if you're able to um because you're going to end up spending that money to to get it to that point anyway (laughs) yeah or hire someone to do it (laughs) and then so business-wise so now you uh you you have booked out you're like you have you have jobs lined up yeah i'm so fortunate um we have jobs lined up through i think january 2022 is that's amazing congratulations yeah thank you so much i know i really 
I'm like so fortunate and I, to have almost, you know, a year, year and a half ago, not even have had this business in mind. It's really goes to show like just anything can happen. <laughs> well, just that ability to be pliable and flexible mm-hmm. and, you know, change like that's, that's such a great trait that you have. I actually had someone, I think it was the insurance, the insurance broker that I was working with was saying exactly that, that that's, that's how you find, um, what you, what you're passionate about is just being flexible. Exactly what you said, being flexible with what's going on and just see where the need is. <laughs> One of the parts of this process that we haven't like really, uh, touched on is, um, you know, you, for us and for a lot of pe- people, obviously you're inspirational with, you know, a lot of designs and stuff you're doing. Where do you pull your inspiration from? How are you coming up with designs? Are you using mood boards with clients? Like, can you kind of talk, uh, talk about that part of your process? Yeah. So I, um, and again, this is kind of why I started my Instagram account. I didn't really have, I had like a small Instagram for my furniture business, but I never went on Instagram. Um, I made this Instagram to find other people to inspire me because I'd never even knew that renovating trailers was a thing. Um, so obviously Trina from RV fixer upper, she's just like, I love everything that she does. Um, when we started our trailer, I had found Kelsey from the happy glamper co and she, a lot of my design is based on like stuff. She she likes water damage, right? Oh yeah. She's good at it. I've just been shoving everyone her way. (laughs) I know everyone who asks me questions. I'm like, you know what? Just go to Kelsey. She wrote a blog, go to her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Madison from troop Nashville. Yeah. She was one of the first people we found. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would say those three accounts were like my main, Oh wow. You can take a trailer and do that. I'm going to try that. Um, and now I get a lot of my inspiration just from house accounts really. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I've tried to figure out how you can take design that people do in their homes and translate that to trailers and find like the right materials that would work for a trailer. Um, so like Studio McGee is a huge, like huge inspiration for me right now. I love everything she does. Home things that can translate to RV. That's a good idea. Yeah. I agree. Do you, uh, do you notice, I, I feel like, you know, when I'm looking at listings, um, you know, on Marketplace or whatever now, it seems like some of the, the camp, the, the camper RV companies are starting to catch on a little bit and some of the newer models that they're coming with, you know, whiter, yeah. lighter walls and yeah. you see some herringbone and, you yep. know, maybe there's some wallpaper that looks like shiplap. Yeah. Like, do you, do you think that, that, that waves come in? Are they, are they they're gonna... trying? So I think what most RV manufacturers are doing, they have for years and still are designing for like the main population of people who live in RVs, which are the population of people that are older than us. Like they're not designing for us. They're designing for older people. And so those people, they didn't have white kitchens, you know, in their homes. They, they had Brown. That's what, that's what was in style. So I do think that the RV manufacturers, they are trying to target their main group, which is that older generation. And now they're starting to realize that there's this whole wave of people living full-time. Tiny living is huge. Now it's becoming the next cool thing. So I do think that they're slowly getting, they're definitely trying, like you said, the shiplap wallpaper, it's still awful, <laughs> but it's at least a step in the right direction. They're just trying to be smart. I would assume about the type, the the population that they're designing for, and they still seem to like the Browns, you know, so yeah. hopefully it'll get there. Do you ever think about how, how are you going to stay fresh? Like, you know, with, with the designs, do you worry about, do you, do you think like it's a sort of situation where, you know, we talk about this, like, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Or yeah. should we keep like, innovate, you know, changing what we're doing just to change it? For me, I think staying relevant, staying fresh, like you were saying, is just trying to help people achieve what they want. That's, that's 
for me, what, what I'm trying to do is just not really push any certain type of design or like everything has to be white or everything has to be wood floors or everything has to be new, just kind of working with people on what, what they like and making it happen. <laughs> well, and I guess too, if you have clients coming to you, it's because they're seeing past work and yeah, you know, they, they like, like that and they want to see that Absolutely. in their, in their yep. trailer. Yep. So are, do you have like packages or breaking Yeah. So down? what I basically do is I give people an estimate based on, they send me their model number and I just kind of like, you know, some, maybe some pictures and just give like a very general estimate if we were going to do everything. And then once people book with me, then we really like go in and decide what the nitty gritty is, what you're going to keep. Are you going to keep your countertops? You're going to keep this. And I really try to like actually source and pick out all those items, create design boards for them so that they can get a visual of what their trailer would look like. And we have an almost exact estimate for the most part. There's always going to be problems that pop up. So there will always be overages, but for the most part coming in, they have an exact idea of what is going to go in and what it will look like. Um, And I've like already sourced all those items for them. And then we just kind of build from there. Yeah. And so are you kind of doing that when they drop the trailer off with you? No, it's like months in the making. Oh my gosh. No. Yeah. We, um, a lot of FaceTime. We don't typically meet with people in person. Um, actually the trailer that's coming later on, they're going to be in New Jersey at some point. So we may actually meet up with them in person and do a little thing beforehand. Most of that all happens on, um, over FaceTime and I make the design boards and all of that two months, a month before they even come here so that it's pretty much completely finalized. So I can hit the road running the day they pull in. Well, that's just a lot of time. I mean, because uh-huh. it's, <laughs> you know, we ran uh, or we still run, you know, another small business yep. and I, it's just easy not to think about like how much time, you know, you spend in emails and mind space trying to come up with designs, you know, the whole Instagram thing, like I said, is a whole thing, creating reels and videos. And you're starting, you're doing like some YouTube stuff and then just questions getting bombarded and then your consultation. And then, you know, then you have to have time to do these renovations. And so it's just trying to balance that all. That's it's all about balance. And for me, like, I just love doing this. So like it's live, I live and breathe it, you know, like it's like actually a passion. So thank you. Thanks guys. Um, yeah. I mean, so that's just, I don't get like burnt out. I can imagine if I had to do that for teaching or something, like it's something that you, you feel like a little burnt out having to like push through all of those things, mm-hmm. but for something that you actually have like a genuine passion for, it's just kind of like fun to stay up till midnight and create design boards. <laughs> not, not that it's not stressful. Oh my gosh. It's totally stressful. And like I said before, you get to those points in a renovation where you're like, why am I doing this? And like, what is happening? And why did I do this? And then it all pays off. You know, at least for us too, we've seen just like when you get to those obstacles or those, you know, you uncover the water damage, like there's a moment where you just want to sit down and like cry, but then there's also like getting through that. It's such a moment of growth, especially. Yeah. It's a victory. And you know, for us, we didn't have like this big, broad construction background before this. We had done some house projects and some tinkering here and there and built some things, but, um, you know, just people like you and, uh, you know, other Instagrammers and YouTube and just, you know, just the wealth of knowledge that's shared, you know, it's just, you know, fostering such a community of just people that are, you know, willing to do things. And I think through doing those things, it just, it fosters growth and that's good for everybody. Exactly. And I really do try to show that side of it too, because I don't want it to make it seem like 
you know, oh, renovation's easy. You just go in and you nail up the shiplap and then you paint it and it's done. You know, like you do <laughs> try to show how hard it actually is and right. not to turn anyone off of it, but just to kind of like show people like you're going to do this and then you're going to get to this point where you're going to hate doing it and you're just going to have to push through and, you know, it'll be worth it. Yeah, there's there's plenty of those moments. You know, we hope with this podcast to reach everybody from, um, you know, someone who's never even done it and just thinking about camping to people that own a camper and want to touch it up to people that might be doing this or thinking about it as a side hustle to, you know, people like you that and us who are really doing this as like a full time endeavor. And, yeah. you know, just to to kind of provide and share this information. Like I've learned so much stuff from you today, you know, already that oh. yeah, I'm going to go implement and try to you know research <laughs> and, you know, and that's where it's just constantly trying to learn. And, you know, for me, like when I do something, I'm always like, Oh, well, you know, next time I'll be able to do that so much better. I learn stuff every time I do a new project, you know, that's the whole point is to just kind of get in and probably do something wrong. And then you learn how to do it right for the next time. Yeah. <laughs> you honing your craft. So yep. you kind of touched on it through this conversation, but you just announced some exciting news recently. Yeah, this is huge, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's, you want, it's a big deal. Do you want to kind so, of discuss that a bit? Yeah, so basically I, like you had said, it's a lot to juggle and I'm juggling a lot. And so one of the things that I really wish I could do more of was the design boards. I just, I love talking to people. I love helping people figure out how to renovate their trailer. But realistically, like I can't reach that many people, just me face-to-face, you know, Mm -hmm. on FaceTime with somebody. So I was trying to figure out what's a more broad way for me to get information out to people. So yeah, I'm going to come out with a course where we're going to go step-by-step, day-by-day. I'm going to literally show every single person every every single day exactly what we're going to do. Like here's today's checklist and then I'm going to go do it. And then- Even if there's tears? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) I'll I'll cry a lot. I will definitely cry a lot for sure. (laughs) But uh, yeah, show people like how to pick stuff out what type of design you guys might like. I'll show some sample boards I've done, um, help people pick out their, their items and then just hit the ground running step-by-step day-by-day and show everyone what to do. Wow. What a useful tool for people. And will this be available like live as it's happening or it's like a back category, like a library or. I think what I'm going to do is I want it to be accessible always. So it's going to always, it's going to live on my website, but I think what I'm probably going to do is film all of it and then release it when I'm done. Um, and that way I can kind of like edit and make it just really clear and concise. That's the main thing I know I've noticed with people with the design boards, they really need like a step-by-step, not just regurgitate, like, here's all the info. Okay. Now go do something, you know? Cause everybody's so different about how they learn and visualize mm-hmm. and see things. Right. And for some people, you know, just showing them that design board that has some, Yes. One big piece of furniture and a color yep. rug and that it like yep. means something to you and other people yep. they're like, what is it? Now what? That's it. And that's what it is. Exactly that. A lot of people can take that and run with it. Some people I do FaceTime with and they don't even need a design board. We just talk on the phone and they're like, okay, cool. Got it done. Thanks. Bye. Just wanted to ask those questions. And then, it. yeah, exactly. And, the, or they just need an idea for a spot. Um, and then other people need the design boards and then other people just message me back like, uh, I got your design board, but like now, now what do I, I do? <laughs> so I, yeah, I mean, I do have PDFs in my, that I send out to people as well, like a written down step-by-step. So you're right. I am trying to kind of reach like all the learning, all the learning abilities, you know, visual and written and all of that. But I do think the course is just the best way for me to get the information I have out. I'm going to cover everything, flooring, paint you know, plumbing, everything. Well, that's awesome. That's gonna be such a useful tool for people. That's that's an exciting, (laughs) exciting way to put all your efforts and energy to 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 work because 
obviously, uh, you know, at the end of the day too, this it's a business, so you got to keep the lights on and all that sort of stuff. So I think this exactly. And that was kind of my thought too, because I actually have had a few people reach out and say, is it going to be free? And that was kind of like the struggle for me because I do feel like I put so much free content out there. So I do have to kind of figure out a way that it is profitable for me because it has become this business that I almost kind of can't keep up with. Like you said, it's just constant every day, this, that, and the other. Um, So I think this will be a good way for me to kind of recoup a little bit from all the free content that I'm throwing out there, but also just a way to help as many people as possible, which is the main goal. So Rachel, that's put you on the spot, but if I were to say or ask you, like, what what is the single most important tool to you in an RV renovation? Could you could you come up with an answer for that one? Is there something and and a why? Can I give you an essay question here? All right, let's see. Single most, I have to pick one. Yeah, the most important for whatever reason, whether it's biggest impact or it's been most useful to you or. It's just a go-to. Is there? Okay, so it's not really a tool. Well, I guess I, oh, this is a really hard question. Okay, this is a two-part question. I think tool is a sander, like a quality sander with quality sandpaper. That honestly makes such yeah. a difference because that's the prep. If you if you don't have the right prep, it doesn't matter what you use in it. It's not going to take correctly, you know. And paint is the most important part. So sander, I think, as far as tool, and then going with that because it kind of goes with that. A lot of people try and chintz on paint and get like a cheaper paint. Oh, whatever. It's fine. Paint is so important that you get a quality paint to go on your walls and on your cabinets. Um, because that's just the main, the main thing that you're going to, the main upgrade, but also that could be disastrous if you don't have the right products to use for paint. It's going to chip, it's going to peel, it's going to be a mess. Think about the grand scheme. Okay. So a 40, a 35, $40 gallon of paint, versus a $60 gallon of paint. You know, people think, oh, I'm not going to spend double the price on paint, but it's 30 more dollars, you know, and then you get like the actual good finish that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think paint is the easiest thing that people will just chintz out on because they don't want to pay double the price. But in the grand scheme of things, you paid an extra $400 maybe once everything's painted and then it's perfect. (laughs) Right. I think that's definitely one of those cases where you get what you pay for. Exactly. Yep. As we were driving around this summer, we noticed, um, and I'm sure you noticed, just an explosion in the interest of people that were out RVing. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of that new interest and I guess also the explosion of interest in RV renovation? I think it's awesome. I mean, I'm kind of part of that. I would say that I am new. It's your I'm fault? To, it's, <laughs> it's, it's Jake's idea. Oh, yeah. It's Jake's, it's Jake's idea. Fault. It's all Jake's fault. Um, no, it's awesome. I mean, I think and just living this as well, the connection that you have with your family and your kids and just to see you guys explore and like go travel and do new things and have your home with you. Like there's just literally nothing like that. So for anyone who's like looking into possibly living RV life, whether it's travel or full-time, whatever it is, it's, it's such a journey. And it's really, I could see why it blew up because it's so fun and so exciting. Um, the blow up of RV renovation I think is amazing as well because it's so cool to see people wanting to take like their home into their own hands. And I think an RV is so much more approachable to people than a home. You know, I think that a home is like a big project to renovate your whole house. You need lots and lots and lots of money, a trailer you can put, you can do on, you know, a fairly reasonable budget. Exactly. Um, But I will say that, like I said before, people who are looking to do their renovations, I think you just have to make sure you do your research and, you know, and even just with me, 
I don't want anyone to just trust someone they found on Instagram, you know, like that's not, that's not good to just go to someone's Instagram and then do what they do. (laughs) So you need to like actually get solid advice. You have to research lots of people, do what's best for you, methods that work for you. Um, So I think it's great, the explosion, but people need to tread carefully and just, you know, don't just run into your trailer now and just start demoing stuff out. You got to do your research. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, when you watch HGTV and you just start doing it. Or... Yeah. And then you just start doing it. And then you're like, oh, I didn't plan for this. And this was right. not, and then you have a half finished project because you had no idea what it entailed and you didn't mm. do it right. Or, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. There's that one show on HGTV um, with a designer from California where it's like, I wrecked my house or what is it? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm sure there's going to be a lot of that with, with our I RVs wrecked my now. RV. Yeah. yeah. Where they're I half mean, done I, renovations. I yeah, half done renovations. And I also have actually had a few design consult calls with people who purchased a trailer that was renovated. And now that they're in it, the paint just like, you know, peels oh, off no. the side. So I actually have done a lot of calls with people on how to get your trailer back to like step a so that you could now go and fix those things so it, there's a right and a wrong way to do it people have to make sure that you know you just and so do. what do you think would have happened in that situation just not sanding cleaning yeah not sanding that that those in both of those two particular situations that i'm talking about those were not sanded not at all uh-huh. and a lot of times one of those situations someone actually hired someone to do the painting and which is trailer knowledge is so specific it's not like painting a house you know you don't just paint your trailer walls like you paint your you have to that's why you have to do the research um and that painter had said if they used this specific type of paint they didn't need to sand their cabinets and uh yeah it wasn't what didn't hold up (laughs) yeah because what what'll literally happen is it'll just be like a big thick layer of skin that just like peels right right off off the wall like this big sheet of like plastic and or if you leave paint like a paint tray it's like that same sort of situation where you can exactly you can peel that out of there and if it's not adhered to the walls that's I'm sure like cold and humidity changes and stuff. Yep. Well, moisture everything everything that your trailer is going to experience that's why it, that's why there's such specific prep work. So how can people find out about the class? Course information is going to live on my website, um, but I will obviously renovate that trailer live on Instagram. So I, at that time, I'll probably start sharing more information. Um, people can also head to my website and subscribe to my mailing list because I'm going to be sending out emails of updates and all that kind of stuff as well. And then as soon as the course is ready to be dropped, I will be sharing all of that. Exciting. <laughs> and what is your website? Um, it's rvfamilyreno.com. Awesome. And where can people find you on Instagram? Um, at rv.family.reno. Awesome. And Rachel's a great follow and you do a lot of, I mean, you story all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I try (laughs) again, a balance. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's hard. Like I feel like sometimes we have a tidal wave of content and then we either get super busy or, you know, there's obviously family things that need to take place. And exactly. And it's the juggle between like, do people want to see this? Do they want to see that? You know, I can't be storing everything because then the renovation will take 12 times as long. (laughs) So it's kind of like picking and choosing what projects. Like I actually didn't show a lot about um, our lighting changes and all of that in this last trailer because I just said, okay, I had enough content with all this. I'm going to save that for the next one. So kind of we'll like roll out different trailers. I'll focus on different things. Forward thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying. I really do. The accounts that I love to follow on Instagram are the accounts that take you through like 
something that makes sense that you feel like you can follow along. So I feel like if I just kind of like throw ah, oh, this is everything I did today, which is sometimes I painted <laughs> that and then I went and built this and then I fed my kids and I like, it's not a story. <laughs> it's just a, well, it's a your jumble, story, but yeah, it's my story, <laughs> but it, no one could follow along with that very easily. <laughs> this has been awesome, Rachel. Yeah. We really appreciate your time. Uh, it was so good so to, nice talk to talk to you in this guys. format. And yes. I feel like we, you know, we got gotten to know you a little bit just through, uh, you know, what you do on Instagram and whatnot, but this it was uh it was great thank you guys so much for having me this was so awesome i'm so excited thanks so much rachel wow we hope you guys enjoyed that episode with rachel from rv family reno and be sure to go give her a follow that was a lot of great information and i think there really was something there for everyone from first-time renovators to those who are doing this as a business thank you for joining us for this episode we have a lot of great shows coming soon and we look forward to talking with and meeting more great renovators in the future And if you want to keep up on us and our current projects, be sure to give us a follow on Instagram at newlookrv. Please subscribe to this podcast or our YouTube channel, depending on where you're hearing or seeing this. Thanks, everybody. Bye.